0: Hello everyone. Today I want to talk about guns and gun-free zones. I'm David Dean and this is Middle America. You'll never take freedom. I see these videos online where these people take these anti-gun people or people that have never shot a gun before and hand them a howitzer, some gun that's going to blow their shoulder off them, make so much noise and have such a kick, that's going to scare the ever-living bejesus out of them. Why would you do that? Did your dad hand you a 12-gauge shotgun when you were 10 years old and said, hey, see if you can hit that can? I mean, come on, why would you do that? It's not even funny at all, especially in this day and time. I can remember back in my day, my dad, you know, he liked guns. He had a uh, 22 Remington bolt action. And that's the first gun other than a BB gun that I shot. And we had 20 acres of land. So my dad set up a gun range. He stacked, I don't know, eight, 10 railroad ties on top of each other, built like a little wall and, you know, threw a bunch of, you know, stuff behind it. He put it in front of a berm. So we already had a backstop. But we always threw our garbage kind of, you know, old tires, old appliances, uh, yard waste, all that kind of stuff behind it. So, you know, we had a decent backstop. He painted the perimeter of the uh, railroad ties in red, probably about, twelve you know, sixteen 12, 16 inches wide. And the center of it, which is left over, uh, was, the, was white, so you could see what you're shooting at. We had a couple of uh, cinder blocks. Uh, I think it was four of them. We had two rows of, you know, of, uh, like two-by-sixes for shelves, and we started out on, on uh, cans. Uh, so we would shoot cans, and once we got good at cans, you always want to get better. That's the great part of the sport of shooting, not hunting, not self-defense, just the sport of shooting. You know, you, you want to get better, so now instead of just shooting a can, let, let's try shooting at the logo. Okay, now you got the logo. Now let's find a smaller target. I can still hear my. I can still hear my mother. What happened to all my clothespins? We used to just have fun shooting clothespins. Uh, we, we'd get down to nickels and dimes and quarters and whatever. Anything that we could shoot. And then I remember on the back of the box, it had a trajectory on there of how many yards the twenty-two was good for, and. You know how many inches it would drop, or how many yards you shot it. So of course we had to test that out, and uh, you know you got really proficient at it, and you really got good at it. You always wanted to get better. What's my next step? What can I do now? Then my brother brought home a 22 semi-automatic. That was the most fun little gun, I swear. Now you could shoot a can, and because you didn't have to reload it, it automatically spit out the previous shot and injected the new bullet into the chamber that you could, you know, you could shoot a can, it would flip up in the air, and then you tried to shoot either the bottom or the top out, whichever faced you. Uh, it, it got to be really a lot of fun. Uh, I remember hip shooting. That's how I started hip shooting with that twenty-two. Hip shooting is like if uh, you ever watched uh, Chuck Connors on The Rifleman, how the rifleman always shot off his hip. Uh, that's what we were doing with this thing, and we got really good at that. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Of course, you know, Then we got into the hunting aspect of it. Uh, I started out with a four ten shotgun, moved up to a uh, uh, 16-gauge J.C. Higgins, as a matter of fact. Then the 12-gauge, 20-gauge also. Uh, New York wouldn't let you use a rifle, so I thought in my mind if I had a smaller caliber, or a smaller gauge, I should say, uh, I could be a little more accurate with it. And it was a good gun. I mean, it was a real good gun, and I enjoyed it a lot. And then you know you hear these people that have no idea what guns are. You listen to them on TV, and you just about shake your head. It's like, what are you even talking about? They have no clue what they're talking about. And uh, of course, people like me have a clue. So, uh, you know, their, their biggest thing is, well, this is a military style rifle. Well, think about it. The Springfield nineteen oh three, I believe it was, was a thirty eight six that they used in World War One. The uh, M1 Garand, or Garand, uh, from World War II, was a semi-automatic weapon. I mean, semi-automatic weapons have been around since 1885 or something like that. They were uh, first produced in Germany. So it's not an evil weapon. And you can buy the M1 Garand off the shelf, basically. I mean, you can go through the government to buy them. People sell them online. They actually still work. And that's a military-style rifle but it's still just a semi-automatic. And what that means for people that don't know what a semi-automatic is, it means I can pull the trigger, shoot one shot, pull the trigger, shoot another shot without having to uh, reload it myself, like my, with, a, with the uh, uh, bolt action. You'd have to, like, lift the handle up, pull the handle back. The, the uh, bullet would eject. The cartridge would eject and then the uh, spring-loaded clip. I call it a clip. I've been doing this for 40-some-odd years now. All of a sudden, it's a magazine, but that's fine. Uh, The bullet would come up spring-loaded into position where you just ram it in with the bolt into the the barrel, lock it down, and then take your next shot. That's what you'd do. Cock it up, pull it out, push it back in, cock it back down, take your next shot. The semi-automatic reloads the gun for you automatically, so you don't have to do that. Now, that's not the same as an automatic, an automatic is I squeeze the trigger, and every bullet's fired until that clip magazine is empty. Uh, the semi-automatic, you know, you pull the trigger, you get one shot. Pull the trigger, you get one shot. So there's a huge difference. And as far as sporting with it, you know, as you want to get better, you try different things. I went to skeet shooting, and most of the skeet shooters had uh, double-barrel shotguns. They were either side-by-side or over, over and under where uh, the over-and-unders are basically the barrels on top of each other. The side-by-side is where the barrels are, you know, side-by-side next to each other. Well, those are only two bullets. So you throw up two skeet, which are clay pigeons, which basically look like the uh, uh, small little Frisbees made of clay. Uh, You throw them up in the air, bang, bang, you shoot two of them, great. Now what? I can't get any better with these two. So then we bring out the semi-automatic shotgun. Now I can shoot four. I can't quite do five. By the time I line up the fifth one, it's on the ground. But I can do four, and I can't do that without a semi-automatic weapon. So, you know, people say, oh, you don't need it. Guess what? I do need it. If I want to shoot four clay pigeons out of the air, uh, I need four. I need a semi-automatic. So when... uh, People talk about the military weapons. I, I go back to thinking they got that again. And, you know, Armolite thought it was a good idea to let's, let's improve the gun. Instead of having a woodstock, steel barrel, this heavy thing, let's go ahead and, you know, emulize the uh, M16, but we'll make it for civilian use. It's not going to be an automatic or a three-bullet burst. It's just going to be a semi-automatic. Bang, bang, bang. That's it. So they built it. It's a, a quote-unquote military style. It's, you know, reflective of the military. Like the Springfield was reflective. The Remington is out there now with a 30-06. You can still buy a 30-06 semi-automatic like from World War II. But now you can buy an AR-15 style rifle. There's a whole bunch of them, and they have all bunch of different calipers. Now, a caliber is the distance around the bullet. So a .22 is, you know, .22 inches. That's the diameter around a, uh, the bullet. So that's like a quarter inch. Um, the AR-15, when it came out for civilian use, used a .223 which means it's .003 inches bigger than the 22. What the hell .003 inches? It's about the size of a human hair. So it's not a big, huge bull. As a matter of fact, the 9mm that the police use in their handguns is actually has a bigger diameter. The only thing different about this gun is it's for a rifle, so it has a bigger cartridge, has more gunpowder behind it, it's to send it further downrange, faster. That's it. Now, if you go to any gun site, and you know, I challenge you to do this. You can go on there, and you can see these these uh, guns that they're making now are more of the uh, carbon fiber, polyester, or polyester polymer, um, aluminum, lightweight guns. And you know, you hear these people. Why do you need an adjustable stock? Well, if I'm shooting a gun from a guy that's 6'5", and, you know, I got a 10-year-old kid, I'm not going to have him shoot a, a gun that big. I want it to fit him so you can adjust the stock so it fits him, so it's easier for him to shoot. And what's nice about these guns is you can put all kinds of bells and whistles on them, different sights, different grips, whatever it makes it more comfortable for you to shoot, carry. That's what's nice about these guns. They've graduated from the wood and the steel to something lighter. And easier to shoot, and you can put more bells and whistles on it. You can customize it any way you want. These old guns, you could put a scope on them, and that's pretty much all you could do. Or oh, maybe a, a strap. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'm trying to think what else you could put on them. Oh, maybe a bumper for the back of the uh, the stock itself. So maybe a little cushion when they, when you shot it. Uh, just a rubber thing, not a nothing illegal. Just a rubber. A cushion on the back of it so when it hits your shoulder it didn't uh, uh, bruise too much, I guess I would say. Um, so, you know, the idea that people are talking about these guns being bad, the thing is, you can get these guns in any caliber now. You can get them as a 22, like I started out with, as a 22. But it looks like an AR 15. But it's not an AR 15, it's a 22. And you can look at all the different manufacturers that have copied this, this uh, profile because they see the benefit of it. You know, it's not because some idiot decides to walk into a school and shoot a bunch of people. It's because it's a higher-quality gun. It's an easier gun to shoot. It's a more fun gun to shoot. I mean, it's a ball to shoot, this gun. You guys, I'm telling you, go down to the range— Get yourself a rifle. You can rent them. A twenty-two. go out there and shoot it. Go plink, plink, plink. I mean, the they're target guns is what they are. But, you know, some of these ARs, I mean, they, they can, you can get a .30-06 in an AR-style gun for hunting big game. The twenty-two is good for, like, squirrels and rabbits and what have you, and target shooting. You know, I, I really enjoy uh, trying to... Get my shooting level better and better every time I try to do something, you know. Uh, You can play games. I mean, you know, kids are out there playing video games. Take them to a gun range. I mean, you can set up a target with numbers on it. You can say, okay, the first one to 21 or the first one to 101, whatever. You just, you know, shoot your target and see how many bolts it takes you to get to 101. It's a lot of things you can do. That's a lot of fun. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about briefly are gun-free zones. Let's start with schools. Back when I went to school, some forty odd years ago, when the home bell rang, homeroom bell rang, I should say. The school was locked down. The only way you could get in was through the front door that went right by the office, because if you were tardy, you got detention. So why can't we do that now? When the home bell rings, homeroom bell rings. I can try to say that fast. Home bell ring. Homeroom bell rings. Uh, the doors are locked. Now we will put cameras on every door just to make sure some knucklehead doesn't open the door to let somebody in. Uh, and we have a school resource officer or an armed guard at the front door, the main door, to let people in. And I would like to have another armed person in the office. Now, I don't care who it is. I'm not even going to tell you who it is because they don't, you don't need to know who it is. I'd also like one more armed person in the school itself. Again, I'm not going to tell you who it is because you don't need to know who it is. Just the idea that they're there is enough to deter someone I'm assuming. I was also asked, okay, that sounds good, Dave, but now what about uh you know outside loading and unloading school buses? Well then I thought about that, why not have a couple of cops out there? You see them at schools down here in Florida all the time. I mean they're out there with you know at the crossing gate guards and you know they're 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 in schools every morning, so there's no reason that can't happen. They're already pretty much doing it down here, so uh. If your school's not, ask why not. Uh, just, they're there just long enough to get the kids off the bus and get the kids on the bus and be on their way, and that's it. So that, to me, would be a great way of securing the schools, a minimal way of securing the schools without a whole lot of money involved. Now, as far as, like, movie theaters and other venues that, you know, refuse you to have a gun, well, if you're going to be a gun-free zone, you better have something there to protect my ass. I'm telling you, if you're going to keep me from carrying my gun into your establishment, you better have something there to protect me. Simple as that. I mean, that's, that's not an option anymore. You better have a guard there, and you better have maybe somebody else there as well. Because, again, if you overtake the guard, I would like at least another layer of protection there, whether it's the manager, uh, somebody else in that facility, owner, whoever is properly trained in the use of firearms, and knows exactly what to do when he has to do it. Uh, and I think that will take care of the gun-free zone aspect of it, too. Now, obviously, with the other forms now, with the cars and stuff like that, there's not a whole lot you can do with that other than set up barricades. But, you know, right now we're talking about guns and how to protect gun-free zones. And like it or not, you're going to need a gun. If you don't want me bringing my gun, you better have a gun. Simple as that. All right, well, that's my rant for now. I appreciate you hanging tight and listening to me. And if you've got any comments or uh, complaints, uh, I'm on Twitter at Middle America 2 If you found this informative, please share with your friends. Thank you. Talk to you then.